Welcome, everybody, to episode 10 of the Scary Savannah and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Brett, and with me, as always, is the ever-stunning wife of mine, (laughs) Crystal. How have you been this week, Crystal? Ever-stunning. I like that. Well, it's true. (laughs) I'm good. We played bingo last night, and we didn't win anything. No. But it was fun. We came so close. I know. We really did. I was one number away on speedball. Crystal came pretty close to winning the $500 jackpot. Yeah, it was going really well until someone else yells bingo. Yeah, that's the story of my life. (laughs) Story of my life. This week, we are going to have a special guest on our episode. But first, would like to let you know that you can find us on the web at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can find us on social media if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn. <laughs> There's got to be some other thing I'm not on, but we'll we'll figure that out. But the username for all of those is at Scary Savannah, except for YouTube. I think you actually have to go to our website and link to it because we haven't named it yet. But that's the only one you can't find us that way. Would also like to ask if you're enjoying the podcast, if you could please go on to Apple Podcasts or Pod Chaser or this new amazing app that I recommend called Good Pods. It's a really great free app for listening to your favorite podcasts, not just ours. And you can rate us on any of those. And we would ask you to do that. Five star ratings and reviews really do help. And we appreciate everyone who has taken the time to do that. Yeah, we finally got some good reviews. We did. Apparently, we're Southern Gothic. Who knew? <laughs> Well, you probably did, right? I did know. You did know. I have no idea. I'm clearly oblivious to everything. You can also... Oblivious is one of James's songs. Oh, yes, it is. And James, (laughs) the James Cannon Jr. You can find us on Patreon also if you'd like to support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com forward slash scary savannah. So another thing we did this week, uh, like I've said before, I'm a musician and we like to go to one of our local bars here for an open mic night. And uh, I sit in and play with them and a lot of our friends sit in and play too. The coolest thing happened. Yeah, I just looked over and this guy has a bird on his shoulder and it's just sitting there drinking out of a cup. And I don't know if it was drinking vodka, but it looked like it. Well, (laughs) I know what you think. You think there's a parrot sitting on this man's shoulder, right? Yeah, it's not a parrot. It's not a parrot. It looked like a parakeet. Yeah, I don't even know if it was just a bird he found off the street. I don't know. I know. I went over and talked (laughs) to him and I I got a video of it and I'm going to put it on our website and it is going to be on our YouTube and this bird was, he, he was drinking straight Tito's vodka. <laughs> Is that what it was? That's what it was. And uh, he saw me come over and I asked the guy, I said, um, whoa, you got a bird on your shoulder. <laughs> like and, you didn't know. Uh, like you didn't notice. And the bird grabbed the straw out of the drink, pulled the straw out, looked at me and started like nodding his head at me like he was threatening me. <laughs> He was, then he like ended up on a bunch of different people's shoulders through the night. Like yeah. He was just making the rounds. Yeah, he bit some people too, from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody got bit. So if you're ever in the Savannah region and you want to come to an open mic night and get mauled by a parakeet, please keep us in mind, Tybee Island. It's come about, to the sandbar. It's about 30, 40 minutes away <laughs> from Savannah, and it's the coolest place, and we love hanging out there. Everybody there's great. One of the great people there is the, the James, James Cannon, Cannon Jr. Jr. Yes, and we are fortunate enough to have him guest with us this week. He is from Macon, Georgia. Yeah, we've never been, but it's not that far, like yeah. two hours away. Yeah, previous episode, we talked about Anjet Lyles, who actually that whole story was in Macon, Georgia. It was. 
So you got your true crime, and now you're going to have your paranormal, both from Georgia. So that's pretty interesting. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce our good friend, the James Cannon Jr. James, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here. All right. I'm glad to have you here. So James is from Macon, Georgia, right? Well, outside of Macon, a little town called Knoxville, Georgia, uh, Crawford County. Um, It's about 30 minutes outside of Macon, born and raised around the middle Georgia area. Yeah, and James is a phenomenal musician. He started a local coalition of musicians that he calls the Dead Sea Prophets, and I've been a part of that, and several of the local musicians are, and you can definitely uh, check out his music, and maybe at some point we'll force him to play a song for us. (laughs) Maybe not today, but we'll get to it at some point, right? At some point, it will happen. Okay, so we have James on with us today. He's had quite a bit of experience with the paranormal and you know, him and his family as well. So he's got several stories he'd like to share with us. Like I was saying, I mean, I grew up in, uh, you know, Roberta, Georgia. A couple little historical facts about Roberta, Georgia, in Knoxville, Georgia, Crawford County area. The Texas state flag was sewn there. That's interesting. Yeah, Joanna Troutman, uh, I was actually reading up on it just to, to have my facts straight. Apparently, what happened was they issued it out whenever Texas was becoming an independent state that they needed a flag and the local infantry, they raised up a little over a thousand dollars and Joanna Troutman out in Crawford County at the Troutman Inn, she was 17 years old, used some silk she had to make the Lone Star flag. Yeah. And matter of fact, we are the only place outside of Texas that sews the state flag. That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. uh, You go to Crawford County, and at the courthouse, you'll see the Texas state flag, the Georgia state flag. You know, you'll see the American flag as well. Okay. So I, I seen, that seems like a pretty good starting point for the paranormal aspect of this interview here. The Joanna Troutman Inn, the Troutman Inn, is located right across from the old Knoxville courthouse. Okay. Now, up until like the late 1800s, it was known as Knoxville. The whole thing, it, it, Eventually, part of it became New Knoxville, which eventually became Roberta. Okay. And But anyway, the Troutman Inn is not as big as it was. There was a fire there, if my facts are correct. Seems like there have been a lot of fires, fires in the Savannah everywhere. and Georgia all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, yeah. Eventually, it just became a little uh, a house. At one point when it was a house, I remember I was about probably, you know, 12, 13 years old. My uncle which I'll keep nameless right this second, you know, I <laughs> okay. mean, you know, got to protect the innocent. Yeah. I, well, I'll or keep, not so innocent. I, I, I'm just, it's pretty much, you know I mean? Is I hadn't got his permission to say his name, so I'm not going to do it. So yeah. okay. it's or like, if you want us to be real cool, you can say it and I'll just bleep it out <laughs> and then it'll sound really mysterious. Really mysterious. You yeah. going to bleep it out. Okay. His name is. sound like i said a bad word his name is is bleep anyway but anyway um he moved in there with a a woman that he was with at the time and she had a little infant daughter and everything and yeah he told me that one night he was asleep on the couch and he woke up and he seen a guy with overalls standing there okay okay is that weird for this area of georgia did he he pull a gun well uh, (laughs) Everybody the, in Georgia's well, got a gun. Well, with the fact that there wasn't no old man with overalls around, <laughs> yeah, that you, could uh, that could do it. You know, I mean, he had he said he had like a feeling or something, just based on my memory of what he told me. Yeah. And then one night, 
him and his old lady heard uh, the little girl who wasn't even a year old sitting there playing. And they walked in and she had, was out of her crib on the floor playing with somebody. Somebody? And, was it a person in overalls? <laughs> I mean, they, they don't know. He said that he had seen a little girl in that place. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean. That's very creepy. Which majority of Crawford County in middle Georgia is Indian land, old Indian land. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing to go riding around out in the woods and run across, you know, Indian burial mounds and stuff. Heck, in Macon, you have the Old Mogi Indian mounds, which, you know, they've got the big temple mound. They got the burial mounds out there. Back in the day, that's what they would do. And then a lot of old plantation land around the middle Georgia area, you know, because we were in the South. Back then, there was a lot of slavery and stuff, you know, I mean, obviously, obviously. But, you know, so back in those days, you got to think not every when they would murder a slave or something. Yeah. When, when they would murder a slave or something, they didn't have anywhere set to really bury bury them. They bury them anywhere. Yeah. And a lot of unmarked they were, graves. They were treated like property. They so were. they didn't probably get the respect. No, that no, no. Other in society might. No, no, no. I mean, it's like um, there's nothing to be walking around. It's nothing to be walking around and see sunk in gr- parts of the ground where old graves are and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's Crawford County, middle Georgia is a very spiritually active place. Yeah. Just based on my experiences growing up there. Okay. It's, it's, it's old. It's part of the first trade routes into the new country when people started coming over here. I mean, you have William Bartman Trail, which William Bartman, he established trade routes. Okay. Then you got Benjamin Hawkins. Um, he was really good with with dealing with the Indians and established trade and stuff like that and everything. He established a fort in Macon, which is still there. Of course, it's been rebuilt and everything, but it's not far from the old Mogi Indian mounts. Okay. Um, fort Hawkins. As a matter of fact, Benjamin Hawkins is actually buried out in Crawford County, where I grew up, okay. um, and out uh, overlooking the Flint River out there. Indian land. Every you hear stories about curses on. You know, with Indian burial grounds, Indian this, Indian that. There's plenty of Stephen King novels about this very subject. Plenty, plenty. You know, I mean, Pet Cemetery. look at that. You know, I mean. I've never actually seen that movie. uh, I have. uh, Don't watch it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's sad. Can you uh, agree with that, James? Have you seen it? I have seen it. I'm I'm real into horror movies. Okay, Uh, I imagine you might be. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's like so... Back to what I was saying about the Joanna Sorry. Trout. Yeah, back. To, I know. I, I go. Let's around. just talk about Stephen King for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> let's just do this for an hour. Go, so, go ahead. So I go around my I go around my butt to get to my elbow sometimes, but there's <laughs> That's always my a middle point. name. <laughs> it's always Oliver Hell and half of Georgia. Is what my yeah. mama says. But there's always a point to my st- to what I have to say. You know, with all that spiritual activity going on over the years and stuff in that area, you can expect things to happen. When my uncle told me about what happened at the Joanna Troutman Inns, what I'm calling it right this second, it's, it's, a meth, it's a church right now. But what my uncle told me there and what I used to feel whenever I would walk into that place whenever I was a kid and even riding by there looking at it, the eerie feeling I would get, I get now, I believe that actually happened just with some of the things. Because I remember going there as a kid and feeling like cold chills on my back and stuff like that, you yeah. know, and... And so it's like 
it a lot of history and a lot of death in that area, you know? Yeah. And so, and I get the feeling that you probably are sort of like my wife in a certain way and that I feel, feel like energy. you're em- empathic <clears throat> to the point where you feel energy. And so you probably maybe pick up on some things that people like me don't because um, <laughs> I'm oblivious to lots of things. So was, was it a church when you were a kid? It wasn't. It wasn't. It didn't become a church till later on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've always had like feelings about things. Yeah. Like, um, I'm not saying that I'm psychic or anything like that. You know, I'm just saying that I have an intuition almost. It's like being able to sense things. There's a story. When I was eight or nine years old, me and my brother, well, let me paint this picture. The land that we grew up on is like going downhill. At the top of the hill, you have my grandmother's house, my grandmother and grandfather's house. And down the hill, you had where we stayed. Now, we lived in a single wide trailer up until like 92 went until it burned up. Okay. And then we had an, got another trailer put in, put in pretty much just like the same area, just up. So the burnt trailer sat there. And so me and my brother, we was out there playing on a tire swing that was in between there. My mom and them were at uh, the hospital, unbeknownst to us at the time. You know, we knew they were there for my grandmother, uh, my dad's mother. You know, we didn't know how bad she was because we were kids. We thought she just had a cold. It was in the hospital and stuff. Yeah, you know, you they, can't comprehend stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and they th- they didn't let us know exactly what was going on. But we were down there. Me and my brother were sitting there, swim, just playing around, swinging around on the tire swing. If you look at the old trailers, like the old single wide trailers, the front doors on them had that diamond window, you know, that, yeah. that just that, that, it's not really a diamond. It's like a sideways square window in the front door. And me and my brother, we looked and we swore we saw a face Ooh. in there. And, and it nobody's looked, home. And, and it was a, and this was a burnt house, no floor mm-hmm. in it, you know, yeah. it's just a frame and the, I mean, the shell of a trailer, the inside of it was gone. Yeah. And you could see a face sitting there looking there smiling. It looked just like our grandmother. Oh, wow. It, it did. I mean, we 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 just said, like, look, there's somebody down there. Look, 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 look. And we uh, went back. We went back up to the to my grandma's house where we were staying. My mother's mom, whose property we, we grew up on. And uh, my parents came in and told us that my grandmother had died. My, my dad's mom had died. And uh, it was just so weird because the face, we didn't approach it because we were kids. We were playing, you know. We thought we were just seeing things. But yeah. it was literally like somebody looking out of that window just viewing us, you know. And, and her and my aunt would always come out there and see us, you know. And so seeing your what you thought was your grandmother wasn't weird to you because you said you didn't know that she had passed away at the time. Yeah, right? but yeah, exactly. but she shouldn't be in the burnout trailer. But, it, but, but, <laughs> but kids don't think, right? <laughs> but I, I remember feeling something in my heart like, you know, okay, this is something weird. Let's fast forward, you know, maybe till about when I was about 13 or 14 years old, that same trailer, all right, still sitting in that same spot. Things around it has done grown up and stuff like that, you yeah. know. Um, at this time, my dad had done died and stuff like that. And, you know, I was going through that rebellious teenage stage, oldest of three kids and stuff yeah. like that. Me and one of my best friends from down the street grew up on a dead end street. So, uh, made friends with everybody on the street. Yeah. Me and one of my best friends, we were just up there being 
vandalistic little kids throwing rocks through the windows. As you do. Exactly. I can't say I haven't thrown rocks through the windows in my days. And at this time. You never did. I did. I did. Me and my friend at the time. You burned the pompous grass down. Yeah, that wasn't rebellious. That was just stupid. That was just stupid. I caught a forest on fire one time. Oh, okay. You got to one-up me here, James. Is that what it is? And you told your parents a person drove by and threw a cigarette. And the sad thing is they believed it. They believed it. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Now you know the truth. Yeah, I mean, but I'll tell that story some other time. But anyway, so me and my me and my friend was out there. We were just throwing rocks in there and just busting out windows and stuff like that. And we, uh, I remember it clear as day. We threw a rock in there and we were sitting there talking. Next thing you know, a rock came flying out at us. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And so. And how did y'all handle that? We, did you investigate? We ran. No, oh, no, we you got to go in there and see who's no, in there. No, we wasn't. Gonna, we knew nobody was there because everybody was gone. Said, nope. That's why we were demolishing the. The windows and stuff because everybody was gone. So were you uh, were you watching horror movies at the at that age? Well, I'll put it like this: I my aunt, who's ten years older than me, used to babysit me and my brother when we were little, and she would at, make us watch Freddy Krueger and stuff like that. Thank you, watch you know, Freddy Krueger. Make us. I mean, I was like four or five years old. Oh, no. She's in there babysitting us, making us watch you know like Nightmare on Elm Street and you know Halloween, all these slasher movies. Hey, I then, went and saw those in the theater. So. And the, in a drive-in, though, right? No. Oh, at, so you at did the theater. movie theater? Yeah. I know you used to do drive-ins. Yeah, too. that's that when was I was later. older. Yeah. And it was it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, it's like you know, I mean. So what? I, the reason I said that was uh, you'd seen enough horror movies by that point to know that you don't go in the burnout trailer. <laughs> oh yeah, especially if the burnout trailer's throwing rocks at you. <laughs> exactly, exactly, okay. exactly. And you know, that's that's just one of many experiences that I've experienced in my life. Like. Um, Back out there in Crawford County, there's a road. It's called Causey Road. It's out in, out, it used to be dirt. Majority of my life, it was dirt. And going down that road, right past where power lines run through and everything like yeah. that, you look over and you see this long driveway going down a hill. Okay. And you wouldn't think nothing of it. But you drive down it, you go down and you see this old road that's you know, down into the side and stuff because there used to be an old stagecoach road that used to run down through there. And you see these old cars that's just rusted sitting down there, like two old cars sitting down there. And then out in the middle of nowhere, you see this big clearing going straight downhill, nothing but graves, the old grave okay. graveyard where a church used to sit there. And there's a lot of Confederate graves and stuff out there. And as a matter of fact, when we were kids on Halloween and stuff, They'd load us up in the back of the car and take us down there to try to scare us. <laughs> Did it work? Good parenting. It, it, I'll put it like this. We had one one Halloween. We went down there, and um, we was in this old Ford Ranger that had one of the sliding back glasses and stuff, my yeah. grandpa's. And we were all, all us kids were loaded back in the back of the truck. And we had one of our friends. He's a little big, bigger than everybody else, yeah. and everything. A tough guy. Well, I ain't gonna say he was tough, but <laughs> he, he, he's a little bit bigger. Good friend of ours. And uh, anyway, we got back back there, and my grandfather and I can't remember who else was with us started scaring us, started really freaking us out. The biggest kid there moved quicker than all of us, and he went right through the sliding <laughs> door going in there. Oh, oh, my goodness. But um, I've had several experiences that happened out there. Uh, my brothers and my friends have. Like, um, my brother, him and one of our good friends, they went 
down there one day when we were about 16 or 17. I wasn't with them this time. But they got down there, and the car just died all of a sudden. And it wouldn't crank up and stuff like that. I was down there. I used to go down there all the time just to chill out. You know, out in the country, you don't have many places to go. Okay. And it's like, so, I mean, when you're out in the country, you want to kind of, you know, find time to be alone with, you know, your lady friend or whatever, you know, and find places. So, but me and this particular lady friend of mine, we were down there and just chilling out, you know, one night and stuff like that. Anyway, it's like um, sitting there talking and I decided I'd get out the truck and walk around. And as soon as I did, it was like something just hit me right in the chest and brought me down to my knees. It was like yeah. a cold, cold, warm feeling going into my chest. And I'm, a, I'm like 17, 18 years old. I've never felt this before. Okay. And it, it scared the crap out of me. And needless to say, I mean, it, it was like in the middle of the summer, cold sweat, feeling like cold and hot at the same time, bringing me down to my knees. Worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Still hadn't felt pain like that. Really? Needless to say, that was the last time I ever went there with a lady friend. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, but, you know, you were talking earlier about how Crystal can pick up on things. Yes, she can. And this got me into the rant that I'm going on now. You know, I mean, I've always been able to pick up on certain things. Like I said earlier, I'm not psychic. So uh, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm a suicide survivor. Okay. That, that's serious. I, I actually, they had to revive me about two or three times in the hospital. Okay. Um, that experience changed me. Yeah. The whole week that I was in the hospital, I, I guess I have selective amnesia. There's only a few things I remember. I mentioned earlier that my da dad had died when I was earlier and my grandma. Not, I, I swear I remember seeing them during yeah. that time. I remember seeing my body with yeah. tubes in it. I remember seeing my mother crying. I remember all this other stuff, you know, and some of the other things that I remember seeing during that week. I don't know if it was a dream or what, but I swore I saw the gates of hell. And my first clear thought from that was when I woke up was, you know, asking for my Bible. Yeah. That was my first clear thought after that week. Yeah. And so spirituality and, you know, things beyond that we cannot see and, and stuff has always been a part of my life. Yes. Always. And it's like, but after that, it's after that suicide attempt and me dying three times in the hospital, it changed me. And it seems so. Did that? Does it feel, feel like to you that that made you more aware of spiritual things in absolutely, this world? Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay. Even going around Savannah here, I can sense things, like okay. certain areas and stuff like that. Walking the beaches here on Tybee, you know, going into certain places, like even some of our favorite bars, like the Sandbar, it has a spiritual entity in it, and. As a matter of fact, I was in there maybe about a week or two ago, and an ashtray started moving by itself. Oh, you didn't and tell me about that. James. No, I hadn't told you about that. There's a lot of things. You should have called us. Yeah, <laughs> come up here and look at this there, ashtray. Did an EVP by well, the ashtray. Well, maybe when we get done with this, we go up there and do an EVP. <laughs> All right, but, ashtray. Come and sandbar. But anyway, it's like you know. So after that, you know, I mean, I've going through a near death experience which I've had several y'all know about. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, I, it's been the past six months. Well, I, like I want to go ahead and uh, say this. Hero. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell everybody how he's an action hero? We don't have to go into the whole story, <laughs> but James, 
has literally jumped from a burning vehicle that was in motion. (laughs) And the story is, and this, it's not funny because this is a real life thing that actually happened to him, but he's the most hardcore person I know. He was driving a vehicle. The thing lost its brakes. His parking brake didn't work. It caught on fire. It's flying 60 miles an hour down Tybee Road. Now, if you don't know about the area here, I know we talk about Savannah, but we actually live on a place called Tybee Island. And there is only one road that leads on and off the island. And on both sides of this road, there is this marsh. (laughs) And it's there's been people that have died going in the marsh. Not even, but a few years ago, somebody went out in the marsh and I Mm -hmm. think they died from a heart attack. It wasn't the marsh, but you know, they went out into the marsh. Well, he's flying down this road that has no way to get off. His car is on fire and he slows down just enough to jump out. Now, did did you roll when you came out of the car? No, amazingly, I just stepped right out and landed on my feet, on my hurt leg that's, you know, that I have a lot of issues with, in my brand new boots. Oh, oh no. Did not stumble, did not twist an ankle, did not roll or anything, landed on my feet, turned right back around, went, uh, it had done hit some bushes, and I grabbed my cowboy hat and went and grabbed what I could and and maybe got maybe a, about 100 feet, and then it went up in flames. And I know there's some people that might think we're exaggerating. We have pictures, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to put that it on the website the if James is okay with that. I'm fine with people it. to see how hardcore you really are. <laughs> well, I, that's just the second one. Yeah, that's the second one in less than a year. In less than six months. The first one, someone pulled out in front of me, and the engine went up into the car a little bit, and and uh, I walked away from it with no injuries or anything, too. So, so he's definitely got the hand of God on him. I can <laughs> I can say that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But yeah. sorry to interrupt you, though. It's OK. This is a discussion. And trust me, I mean, I've got so much stuff I could talk about. We're not going to be able to fill it all in today. Yeah, we're not. So I, if you if y'all have me back at some point, I definitely will come yeah. back and expand some more on some things. But well, let me ask you this. Um, you, you are from the Macon, Georgia area. And that's, uh, you know, we actually just did a story uh, Crystal had written one up about a uh, serial killer in Macon, and that what was her name again? Crystal and Jet Lyles. And Jet Lyles. Now, what was the name it. of the restaurant that she had? That well, it was, was Anjet's, but before that was like the Lyle Family Restaurant or something like that. Yeah, that probably predates you though. Did, yeah, did you ever like, hear about that? You know, it seems familiar. I've heard so many stories over the years about things that happened in Macon because, like I said, that that was a big. Indian gathering place right there in yeah. Macon, you know. So I mean, not only are the Indian mounds there, but there are trade routes there, so stuff like that. So Indians all over the places would go there. And matter of fact, the ancient Mayans actually have ties to the old Mogi Indian mounds. I did not know that. Yes. And, and in yes. what way? Because it seems like that would have a large amount of spiritual energy. Well, um, in Mayan culture, then the sacrifices and stuff, they had this color called Mayan blue, right? Okay. All right. And the stuff that they would use to make it, the certain of the things inside of it could only be found up there in Macon. Okay. The kaolin and stuff that's produced okay. in the Macon. Clay. The clay, yeah. Yeah. yes. And, and it's only found in that area, and they found traces of it in, like, sacrificial pits and stuff with the corpses that had the Mayan blue on them. Okay. And that's I actually, interesting. I've never heard yeah. this before. I actually, I, actually, I actually didn't know that until I seen it on the History Channel. Okay. You know, so good source of information. <laughs> it's very good source. Um, as far as the Lyle, Lyle family, you know, I mean, I've never heard about that. I have heard of the Wolfolk family. Okay. And um, I think I'm pronouncing it right. I don't have 
that written down. But in the 1800s, a family of nine were killed uh, from the ages of mid-50s to 18 months. Wow. uh, With a short with a short uh handle axe you know Ooh. and and they're buried in rose hill cemetery up there in making rose hill is the equivalent to savannah's bonaventure oh really that mm. sounds like it'd be a very interesting place to go visit it is i mean you have ghost tours and stuff out there there's actually caves out there that they had that they used for crypts okay. and, and there's one area i'll never forget this you go walking around down in this one area, you see all this kudzu growed over it and stuff like that. And you see these tombs inside, but there's one that's open. And I've heard stories about devil worshipers and stuff like that, that going in there and, you know, and homeless being there. There's also yeah. legends about, you know, Indian gold hidden in there. Okay. There's always going to be a legend about <laughs> yeah. some Indian gold oh, yeah. in any good ghost town story. Exactly. I guess they're all Indian ghost towns <laughs> since, you know, there's, uh, you know, so many rivers and everything in this area are named after Indian tribe. And I can't pronounce half of the rivers we cross over <laughs> driving from here to North Carolina. So I just make words up. Exactly. Like the Kusawahachi or how do you say that? Is that one of the rivers? Yeah. It sounds like it could be. It you is. <laughs> it is. It sounds, like, enough. It it sounds like an Alan Jackson song, don't it? <laughs> it was definitely on a deep cut of a B-side of an Alan Jackson song in the 90s, right? Probably. Yeah. And, uh, and James is going to sing it for us right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll no, hold no. that. We'll hold that. He can do it. No. No. <laughs> There's so much information and so much stuff that I've, I've experienced and so many things I've heard. You know, to pinpoint one thing right now to talk about is kind of hard to do. I mean, yeah. because there there is so many paranormal stories from around the middle Georgia area. Okay. I mean, like uh, one of the places that they used to take us when we were kids up in Macon, going back into Macon, is the Hay House. Okay. And the Hay House, it was founded in 1859, built in 1859, converted to a museum in 1860, well, 1962, I mean. And it's said to be haunted by an elderly woman in mid-1800 dress. Okay. And she's been seen in the hallways and people feel cold spots, hear footsteps, doors slam automatically and stuff like that. And then you've got the 1842 in. Ghosts have thought... To, a ghost there has thought to be the original owner, which was John Gresham. And he's been seen in this room called the Dogwood Room. And they've also seen like a little girl in there and a tall blonde woman in various other rooms and stuff like that. You've got so many ghost stories from that area because yeah. it's all this land is old. I mean, we're part of the original colonies. You know, you have the natural trade route that comes from across the seas over into the port of Savannah. So people coming across back then would naturally, you know, venture off into these areas. Yeah. You know, so I've heard so many stories growing up about that area and stuff. And Rose Hill, you've got pretty much people being buried on top of where Indians would do their rituals and stuff in these caves and stuff like that. So, of course, you're going to have a lot of spiritual energy there. Yeah, it sounds a cemetery in general is just going to have a lot of uh, energy, and if, especially if it's old, <laughs> and especially if it's built on an old Indian ritual ground. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I probably it, took that directly from a Stephen <laughs> King book. You but. probably did, and even and even walking around the Old Mogi Indian mounds, you feel something. It's like a energy there that 
is undescribable. They have one mound that you walk inside of. As uh, of course, it's rebuilt from what it was, you know. But you walk inside and you see where they sat down and they would have their meetings and stuff like that. And you got to think when you're a kid and you have been babysitted by your aunt that makes you watch all these horror (laughs) movies and stuff like that. You go to that place for the first time and you're walking around in inside this what they call the Earth Lodge. And you got these wooden things right beside you and you're up underground. You're sitting there picturing zombie Indians popping out, <laughs> pulling you in and stuff like that. That's actually the next Call of Duty drop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> zombie Indians. Zombie, zombie Indians. Indians. Zombie Indians. And even going on top of the Temple Mound where they would do certain things and stuff, you know, I mean, you feel the presence there. And interesting, you know, I told you what I heard on the History Channel about it, you know, being, you know, tied to the Mayans, you look at how it's designed, the temple mounds and stuff at the Okmogee Indian Mounds is set up pretty much just like how the Mayans set up their temples and stuff, man. Yeah. And just the same layout and stuff and very similar in a lot of I ways. I would uh, actually like to go see this because I actually went to Honduras one time yeah. several years ago and they have the Mayan temples there and some of the places where they did these they actually played these games and it was a game where they had these holes on the side, like ring concrete. Well, probably wasn't concrete, but it looked like concrete to me rings. And these two teams would play each other and whoever won, um, the other team was sacrificed. And, uh, and I even read, and this may or may not be true that the ball they used was actually a human head. Oh gosh! I don't know, but it sounds legit. It does. Mm-hmm. And it, I say that to say that I'd like to see what you're talking about to see if it looks anything like what I saw when I went to Honduras. Well, what I would like what I would like for us to do is like later on down the road here sometime within the next few months, we actually go up there and visit some of these places and maybe do some EVP work stuff like that, yeah. you know. And you know just see see what we can do. Yeah, we can do that because I actually just on this episode that just uh, released recently, I played some EVPs and I let James hear it uh, just the other day. And uh, it was my first attempt at capturing it. And well, it's my second attempt. We did it at the Sorrel Weed House and I, I didn't get anything there. But he heard it and I was shocked. I didn't expect to hear anything, but uh, we got something as clear as a bell. It's not intelligible, but you definitely hear something happening. So. Exactly, exactly. And there was no way to debunk it from where y'all were at and stuff. Like I said, I mean, so many things that I've experienced and that I've heard growing up and stuff. I mean, and the spiritual world is out there. Oh, I believe it's real. I, I mean, know the spiritual world is real. I know it for a fact. Even the Bible talk, talks about a realm that we cannot see. Every religion out there talks about a realm that we cannot see. And whether you call them familiar spirits or whatever, you know, demonic presences or whatever, there is a force around us that we cannot see, that we can feel. Of course, today we have so many distractions from, you know, what's actually out there. We got things to keep us distracted, not like they did back in the even 100 years ago. I mean, they there were more people were more in debt to these things because there wasn't nothing to distract them from them. No cell phones. No cell phones, which is why you have a lot of old stories from back then. Yeah, no Netflix. Today's society has just become distracted by what's actually there. The spiritual world is real, and I've experienced it, and I know y'all have. 
uh, like I said before, when we went to the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum, that's probably the greatest concentrated collection of cursed objects in the world. Probably. And Crystal definitely felt uneasy mm-hmm. there. So, And when we went to the Sorrel Weed House, that's the only place I've been where I actually felt something. And because I don't feel stuff that often, I wrote it off as maybe I'd had a little tiny bit more to drink than I would usually have. And I just felt a little lightheaded, but I only felt that way in one room. But everybody did. Yeah, so every, everybody did. It we wasn't got the alcohol. Room, you know, it wasn't the alcohol. At least like, that time it wasn't. Like another experience that that's happened. I told y'all about this the other day. Well, I mentioned earlier about my dad passing when I was younger and everything. So that I was rebellious and everything. I remember in the trailer that we lived in is if you ever been inside of a single wide trailer, you walk in. I have. Yeah. You walk into the living room and then, you know, you probably have another bedroom past the kitchen, which would be to your right or whatever. And then you got a hallway that's got several other bedrooms that ends with one, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my mother and everybody were was gone that night. They were over at my aunt's house. Unbeknownst to me at the time, they were messing around with a Ouija board that night. Okay. <laughs> Not good news. No, I've got some stories about Ouija boards too. <laughs> I, I, a lot of stories. But <laughs> and anyway, me, I thought I was going to be cool. You know, I locked all the doors. I done swiped a couple of cigarettes from somebody. <laughs> you know, big man. A big man. I I went back there and I shut the door in my bedroom, turn on some Lincoln Park, and I was sitting there playing Mario Kart. Okay? Sounds like a good time. Oh, yeah. It was a <laughs> freaking awesome time. I was sitting there smoking a cigarette. And anyway, I had the I had the door shut. Everything was locked. And my bed was set up right there by the door so I could just reach up without getting out of my bed, opening it, look down the hall and stuff like that. Well, I was sitting there listening to Lincoln Park, playing the video games. Next thing you know, door just <laughs> slammed open real mm-hmm. loud. That was awesome. Our dog's laying in the forest snoring. When he did that, she's like, what? (laughs) I mean, it just slammed open real bad. I looked down the hall. I didn't see anything. Now, interesting thing about this, I've always felt that the land that we grew up on had some dark energy there. And based on everything that's happened to me and my family there over the years, uh, the signs kind of point to it. That's where my dad had his accident to die. And he died. Um, my grandmother died on that land, but it was from natural causes. And, you know, she she was in hospice care. But um, there are graves on, on the property there that's back in the woods and everything. And um, just with the fire that happened there when we were, when I was a kid with the house and just all the things that always happened there on that land. And I've even seen dark entities like shadowy figures walking around out there on nights by myself, you know, and yeah, it's and my brother and sister have seen things too. I mean, even to this day, I have to have a little bit of a light because when I go to sleep at night, because of some of the things that I had seen there, whenever I would turn off, turn off the lights, you know, you want to talk about me. <laughs> go so, ahead yeah. and say it. You know, you want to say <laughs> whenever it. I'm out of town, he sleeps with every light on and the dogs have to be with him, and he he won't, like, Not, if he's in a hotel or anything, he does that. Yeah, I cannot <laughs> sleep with the lights off unless Crystal's with me because my imagination is so... apparently nothing can come out in the No, light. it can't. Uh, don't you know that the two <laughs> things you have to do is is that you have to have the lights on. And get if you completely can't do under that, the covers. You get under the covers because <laughs> ghosts and monsters cannot come through covers. It's a proven scientific fact. 
It is. It is. I mean, it, 100%. I agree. And my big fat snoring dogs, they, yeah, uh, that repels the ghosts. They, they're scared. Uh, ghosts are scared of my animals because they, uh, they would probably see them as a food source. <laughs> like well, they see everything mm. and, uh, would just take care of it. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just knew that crystal part want to say that. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's just like, I know exactly what you mean though. It's like, if you, you feel like something's going yeah. to be there, then you don't want to be caught. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like I was saying, and it ties back to it being Indian land, all that, all that area, you know, I mean, Indians were there so much where after a good rainstorm, you walk up to the ditches and stuff. I remember before they paved my road when it was dirt. After a good rainstorm, you walk out there in the middle of the road, you see the arrowheads and spearheads sit and stuff sitting there. You could just pick up off the ground. Oh, really? Did you keep any of those? I didn't at the time because I didn't know the value of you them. You didn't but, know how cool that was. No, I didn't. Not, not at the time. But my my uncles, and they were really into collecting arrowheads and going out with metal detectors to these old homestead sites and digging up things and stuff like that. It's just... That sounds like a good way to start a curse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just went to these old homesteads with a metal detector and just started digging stuff up. Yeah. I mean, there, like I said, there's so much haunted history around middle Georgia and around Macon, Georgia, even on the outskirts of Macon in Milledgeville, you got the old Milledgeville asylum up there, which they swear is really, really haunted. I, you showed me a picture of that and I can attest to the fact that it's definitely haunted. <laughs> we need yeah, to, I don't we need, need to, to know take anything else about it. I just saw a picture and I'm like, this is probably like season two of American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that the one with the, the asylum? asylum? Yeah, it was. It looked just like that. It, it was. It, I mean, I'd love to go up there and do some EVP work. I've had friends that went up there and done it. You know, I mean, oh yeah, I would, would love to do it. I mean, of course, and by fun, I mean horrifying. But <laughs> and yeah. of course, even even in my hometown of Knoxville, Roberta, Crawford County area, in my hometown, there's a lot of places up there that are old, like the old jailhouse. It's just a, a square building, two-story, that's got the cell in the center and a cell, uh, at, on the first floor and a cell in the center at the top. And they used to hang people down there, the old courthouse. There's so many places down there that you can just feel the energy. In, in my hometown of Crawford County, every year they have the Brown Jug Festival <laughs> because... That sounds interesting. Well, the, the thing is, back in the... 1800s and stuff when people would have ceramic jugs. I know you've seen like the old Andy Griffith episodes and, oh, yeah. and the dude sitting there blowing in the jug yeah. and stuff oh, yeah. like that. They'd make the Darlings. <laughs> exactly. They make pottery around Crawford County, which is why they have the Brown Jug Fest. I mean, people can go over into California and dig up stuff from back then and find pieces of pottery that has the mark from Roberta, Georgia there. You know, so it was real big there. And matter of fact, the founder of Coca-Cola was born and raised in uh, Knoxville, Georgia. That's one of our claims to fame in Crawford County. Okay, that and, is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like on our plaque when you ride in, welcome to Knoxville, home of the founder of Coca-Cola. And, and flags. And flags. <laughs> and it's like, so, and Benjamin Hawkins is there. So there's a lot of history in that little area. I mean, it'll always be my home no matter where I live. It'll always be my hometown. And I love it. So much energy there in those places because of the you know indian ties there the creek indian ties and everything else and all the death and not only that during the civil war as well you had battles fought right there in the middle of georgia area you got the grizzleville battle the old clinton battle different 
other battles that was fought right there in Macon. I mean, Sherman marched right through Macon. You know, when yeah, he I didn't know that. I mean, I know he's coming. Th- he went through Atlanta. Yeah, I and mean, I guess Macon's southwest of Atlanta or is it southeast? Ma- I mean, Macon was on the way to Savannah. You know. Yeah. So he he marched right through there. You got so much that has happened there. I mean, you could you know that brings a lot of uh, with all the dead from the battles you're talking about. I'm sure that there's probably quite a bit of hauntings that uh, involve Civil War era oh, figures yeah. and um, apparitions. Oh yeah, and we've heard we've heard tales that you know there's Civil War graves out on our property and on the land that we grew up on. And and going back to you know like I said earlier in the statement about the slavery times and stuff, you know when people would die, they wouldn't be nowhere to bury them. Like okay, say say you're out there in a battle, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, and are you just a company of soldiers walking around back in those times, and then all of a sudden you see another company of your enemy come up, and then all of a sudden. Boom, a battle happens. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to leave your buddy there lying on the ground? No, you're going to give him a proper burial. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so and a lot of times those graves would be unmarked. I mean, there's nothing to go riding around out in Crawford County area and find, like, graves out in the middle of the woods. Like, there's a family graveyard, like, out in the middle of nowhere that's it's so creepy. You wouldn't even know it was there. There's not even a driveway there. We just happened to cross it one day. You go up there and you walk up and there's a statue with pieces of flint all in the center of it. And it's just like one family. <laughs> like I said, I got a lot of things. And and when y'all have me back, I'll expand on one thing in particular. Right now, I'm just kind of touching base on things. You know, like I said, it's... What happened with the Ouija board? The Ouija board. Yeah, you didn't uh, finish that story. You said you were playing a video game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Smoking your cigarette like a big cool dude. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there there was a Ouija board, something happening. Okay, so, well, my mom and them, they were over at my aunt's house playing a Ouija board. And I'm sitting there playing and everything, doing my own thing. And the door just slams open, okay? Okay. Nobody in the house. No draft or anything. No draft or anything. And so, I looked down the hall. I mean, it was like a loud slam like if somebody just ran up to the door and pushed it as hard as they could and i'm right there and i'm looking down the hall lincoln park's playing i got a cigarette hanging out my mouth <laughs> doing something i knew i wasn't supposed to be doing yeah all right and so i walked up there and looked and all the doors were locked nobody else in the house no cars about five minutes later my mom calls me she says what are you doing i'm like nothing just in here she said well I heard you was over there smoking cigarettes. I'm like, how do you know that? It's like, <laughs> oh, you just gave uh, yourself away. It's like, it's like we're talking, we're talking on uh, uh, the Ouija board. Somebody saying that they're the, your dad, and I'm like, okay, oh, <laughs> like, uh-oh. Uh, like, uh oh, and I'm like, of course, I played it off at the time, like, no, nah, I wasn't smoking a cigarette. Y'all just making that up and stuff <laughs> oh, like that, God. you know, but. Secretly, it the ghost told on you. It scared the crap so out when you of me. Well, let me ask you this: When you got off the phone with her, did you like leave the house? <laughs> Were you scared to be there alone? Because you like know something's going on. Well, you know, I mean, I actually, it, I just kind of dealt with it and just kind of kind you of pushed it out my mind. Cigarette, <laughs> <kept playing laughs> just kept That's on. what you did, right? I, I pushed it out my mind, <laughs> but you know, a few weeks later, I was, I was there by myself again and i was soaking in the tub and i had the door open somebody went right by the doorway and nobody was there you know so okay i would have had to have left (laughs) yeah i mean the things that i've experienced there even even now to this day you know i go there i go to that property it's like i get a sick feeling of something pulling me there it just uh, that whole area 
around the Grace Road area where I grew up. I mean, yeah. there's something there. There's some kind of energy on that property that I cannot explain. I'm not the only one who knows it. Uh, and we call it the Grace Road curse. It's like because just something about it that's strong and uncomfortable. Okay. About that whole area. It sounds like the whole area you're from is just particularly charged with spiritual energy in some form or fashion. Oh, it is. It is. It is 100%. I'm sure know? her playing at the Ouija board probably didn't uh, help matters. I, I know that thing's played off like a toy, but that's that's nothing it, to play around it's with. It's not. It's really not. It, it's really not. And Haven't you ever seen a horror movie? <laughs> yeah. Nothing good ever comes from a Ouija board. Trust me. I mean, Macon, 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 Georgia itself is like one of the most dangerous places in the state of Georgia. Okay. It is. I mean, just with the crime rates there and stuff like that and the murders that happen there. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of spiritual energy. All right, James. Uh, you got a lot of good stories here for us today. Uh, it looks like we got time for maybe one more before we have to wrap it up. Uh, what, uh, what else have you got you'd like to talk about? Okay, I'll tell you something else about my hometown area of Crawford County. Um, one of the main highways that's out there is Highway 42. And close out there to where we grew up, um, I always said driving down Highway 42 is like the people who made the road was like they was following a snake because there's so many curves on there. Yeah. But there's one curve on there in particular that's very dangerous. All curves are dangerous, but this one is very dangerous. It's called Dead Man's Curve. It's like you're coming up a hill. And right at the top of the hill, you're making a sharp, sharp turn to your right or either to your left. A lot of people has died there. A lot okay. of people. My grandfather, he was a good man. Never known him to lie a day in his life. I mean, not saying that he was didn't, but he was always honest. One of the most honest men I ever known. If he said something, you he meant it. He wouldn't say he wouldn't just come up. Yeah, with my stuff. granddad was like that. Yeah, and I mean, great man. He told me that one night. He was coming home from work because he was he worked at the paper mill. He was a manager of the recycling department out there at the paper mill in Macon. And he was coming home and he seen a woman in a white dress walking up there in the middle of the night. And and um That's scary. Yeah. Even if it was really a woman in a white dress <laughs> in the middle of the night, that would still be scary still in a scary. completely different way. Oh yeah, we'll make trips up there one day and I'll show you some of the places. Like there's a dr there's a road that you drive down up there. You want to make sure that you're not by yourself. Oh, wow. I want yeah. to hear more about that. Yeah. Well, next time. <laughs> next time. Oh, yeah. Next time. Next he's time. Leave us hanging. Something. Yeah, he's going to leave us hanging. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, we're definitely going to have uh, James Yeah. Back. I mean, like, next time I want to, I'll, I'll try to expand on some more haunted places around there, like the Douglas Theater up in Macon, um, the Tate House in Milledgeville. Uh, the Tate House, just really briefly, I'll tell you, a guy sent his ill ailing son there to okay. work a real cruel guy yeah and um as soon as he got into the house he collapsed and died fell down the stairs and people have reported hearing like something falling down the stairs at least 10 times every night hmm. this is like an every night thing it's like a very very yeah scary i wouldn't want to hear that so yeah but yeah, next time y'all have me back, I'll have more things I could talk 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 on and expand on some of the things that I've mentioned today. All right. Well, that sounds great. Thank you, James. Thank yes, you, Crystal yes, thank, and Brett. Thank you for being here. And like I said, uh, I'm going to post on our website some pictures of James and I uh, might even throw up a video of some of his music. So you should check it out. He's a phenomenal singer and guitarist. 
and he also does a lot of beatboxing in his free time. <laughs> oh, yeah. He won't admit to it. There's no video evidence of it. But I will say this. I'm a hell of a dancer. <laughs> he is a dancer. <laughs> that much I can attest to. He, I am a good dancer. He is a great dancer. He definitely missed his calling in life. So, <laughs> No yeah. joking. All right. Well, thanks for being here, James. Thank you all for having me. Can't wait to do it again. So we're very happy to have had James on, and I'm telling you, next time we have him on, I'm going to make him bring his acoustic guitar, and we're going to have a little impromptu jam session, let him play one of his originals for you, because he's got some good songs, don't he? He does. That brings us to the portion of our episode that we like to call... Layla and Coffee Talk. So what did these wild beasts do this week? Well, one of their favorite treats is... uh, Actually, beer cheese from Nikki's. Nikki's, another bar on Tybee Island that we frequent quite frequently. <laughs> yeah, we do. We love their food. We eat there a lot. They've got good food. And Casey always hooks us up with um, individual little beer cheese Cups. containers for yeah. the for both of them. Yeah, they both get their so own beer cheese. When we get home, they're super excited. And we made a little video. They had to share one the other day. They were, I don't know why we only had one. We might have eaten the other. <laughs> yeah. So we had one and they had to share it. We're so rotten. We ate the dog's beer cheese. So we made a little video. It was super cute. Yeah, go check out our TikTok. It's on TikTok. It's on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. And I might figure out how to tweet it too. I've been more active on Twitter lately, you know. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, and we're (laughs) going to get you more involved there. And Coffee has taken to looking at TV sometimes now. Yes, she enjoys watching the commercials with dogs. Yeah, there's a commercial they put on this time of year about, you Don't know, poor animals that are talk about like left outside and abused. It and breaks my heart. I, know. I can't watch it. <laughs> I usually fast forward it, but he wasn't in the room and it came on and Coffee saw the dogs and she was just so like staring at them. And yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. I can't stand to watch those commercials. <laughs> well, I she enjoyed animals. it. Yeah. She was like, that's my new best that's friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> Yep. So we may end up adopting another dog. No, we or won't. four or five. Yeah. We'll just, uh, yeah, there's donate. a great <laughs> organization in the Savannah area called One Love Pet Rescue. And yeah, that's where we got coffee that's from. That's where we got coffee from. And um, that's a great place that we support. A lot of, they do a lot of good work. You can find us online at www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or www.scarysavannah.net. You can also find us as social media on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok LinkedIn. I don't know. All those places. <laughs> Why find do the we username. Have a LinkedIn? I don't know because it's just business like. You know, oh, I'm okay. a businessman. Okay. I don't just podcast. I do business. You do business. I do business. So you can find us at all of those places at the username at Scary Savannah. You can also, and there's the dog. <laughs> that was coffee. Yes, she was so excited hearing about Leyland Coffee Talk that she showed up and wanted to say something, but we'll probably hold that for a future episode. You can also give us a call at 912-406-2899. That's 912-406-2899. You can leave us a voicemail there and let us know what you think about the podcast. If you have anything you'd like us to play on the air, or if you have any story ideas, Or if you're a musician and you'd like to have an impromptu jam session in the Savannah, Tybee Island area, you know, we can come to the sandbar. We can hook up, come play with us. It'd be fun. (laughs) We all have a good time out there. And I believe that that brings us to one last thing, right? Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on.